Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Justin Dorman. What's up, what's up, Xavier Nation? Hope this finds you well on this beautiful Saturday, uh, a couple days after the NBA draft. And this is the first Roll Blob podcast, and I'm excited to bring it to you. If I'm a betting man, the first of one, because if there's any recipe for running a successful podcast, it's running a fake Twitter account and a non-account, two, having literally no connections, and three, having a mediocre at best basketball background and being unplugged for over half a decade. But with that, we've got plenty to bring to you for an off-season podcast. Pretty surprising, quite a bit of content. We've got potential commitments. We've got butthurt bear kittens. We've got conference realignment, question mark? All that and more coming your way. But first, let me get some help from Andy Mack with this intro real quick. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to the podcast. So let's start off with some news and notes. All right, just a couple things here. And we'd be remiss if we didn't start off talking about UConn to the Big East. Uh, I was recording last night, just the intro and getting started with everything. And uh, it seemed like just a rumor. There was a, a thinly credible source, it seemed talking about UConn to the Big East and it just seemed like a rumor and something that might pick up some traction and and now it's about 1.30 Cincinnati time and it appears that it's all but done. Um, we'll talk about that more. Seems like a home run to me but I'll talk about it a little bit more but number two, a big one here. It looks like Zach Hankins will be playing his summer ball with the Philadelphia 76ers. Raise the roof. So congrats to Zach and we're happy for him and couldn't happen to, to a better kid and We'll be tracking it, and hopefully he has a uh, long and successful professional career. But before we get to the, the meat potatoes here, I'll just do a quick introduction. Uh, don't have a ton to talk about here, so there's not really much to introduce. Uh, but I'm a 26-year-old guy. Uh, makes me about 10 years old in Xavier fan years. If you've ever been to Cintas, it's uh, probably average age is 55, seems like. Um, but I'm stationed out west. I'm in the Navy and uh, stationed in California, um, so I'm actually three hours behind. Um but I've been a Xavier fan my whole life, and uh, my, I'd say my first Xavier memory is Torre Braggs graduating. I was probably six years old and just cried my ass off when uh, I realized that, that Torre wasn't coming back. Um, my parents had to deal with that shit storm. But um, been a Xavier fan my entire life. Stanley Brell was my favorite player as a kid, and I've just grown up in Cintas. My dad had season tickets for years, and um, literally as far as my memory goes back is I've been a, a Xavier diehard. I got a fever. But I'm from Cincinnati, um, from Liberty Township area. I'm a Lakota kid. Um, played freshman ball and uh, was five foot nothing, and uh, that's basically my basketball background. Um, but uh, but I love Xavier hoops, and and that's why I'm recording this podcast. I'm bored as hell. It's the off season. We need to talk some Xavier hoops. All right, but with that, let's get to it, boys. Let's get to it. To it. To it. 
So the first topic I want to discuss is the freshmen are finally on campus. Um, just got on. They did their measurements. If you saw that on Twitter, um, in Kiki Tandy's ridiculous 43-inch vertical, even uh, Daniel Ramsey got way up there. But good to have them on campus this early. It seems like there's a, a high level of buy-in. Uh, the only two that aren't there yet are Zach Fremantle and Jason Carter. Looks like Fremantle gets there in early July. Um, actually, I think he's on his way now. Actually, I screwed up. He's on his way there. I think he'll be there uh, in the next few days. And then Jason Carter's the uh, early July, finishing up a couple courses um, at, at Ohio to graduate and all that. Um, but really good having the freshman on campus. And I thought what I would do is, is set up into tiers uh, how I expect uh, the likelihood to be of, 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 of contributors. And uh, I'd say tier one by himself is Kiki Tandy. College ready. Obviously, he's got the body. He's actually pretty big for a, a guard, too. Um, about 200 pounds at six foot one for a college freshman guard. That's that's quite a substantial amount of weight. I think they're actually going to try and trim him down a little bit, which can only help that vert. Um, so I, I expect him to be an, an immediate guy. I mean, it's going to take him a little bit of time to pick up the system and all that kind of stuff, but he just offers a, an element that Xavier has not had in quite a, quite a while. Uh, hopefully, if, if there's any shades of, of two Holloway, then we're, we're winning. Um, so I'm excited for Kiki Tandy. I think he's in a league by himself as far as potential to contribute for the freshman. So moving along to the second tier, I'm going to have Damir Bishop and Zach Fremantle. And first on Damir Bishop, uh, he just gives you an element that I don't think X has had in a while. And that's uh, a guy that can stretch the floor, a knockdown shooter, uh, a versatile wing that's long and athletic and get into the lane, um, should be a plus defender. I just think he gives you a lot that we haven't really had other than Najee Marshall. Um, and there's been no one to spell Najee when he has to leave the game that can uh, guard wings in that capacity. So I think he's going to give you a lot. If he can step in and knock down shots, I think he does everything else well enough that if he can come in and shoot confidently, I think he could find himself a role on this team. Um, and when you talk about Zach Fremantle, I mean, you're talking about a kid that to me is the most uh, college-ready big that we're going to have other than Tyreek. Um, he seems to be extremely physical. Uh, it seems like he's got a little bit more meat on his bones than Ramsey. And that kid's just got a motor. Uh, no uh, racial jokes intended. Uh, that kid's got a motor on him. He's tough as nails. And uh, I think he's going to be able to attack the glass and, and just do the, the little things. I'm not expecting him to set the world on fire. But I think he should be able to do the things you need to win. Uh, the tough, gritty stuff that wins you ball games. Uh, and then in Tier 3, I'm going to have uh, Daniel Ramsey by himself. Uh, Daniel Ramsey is a guy that I think is a little bit slept on. Uh, he was a huge target uh, for a couple months there. It seemed to be that he was the number one guy that X wanted for quite some time. And, uh, man, he's bouncy, a little more bouncy than I thought. Uh, you look at the um, the vertical leap that they did, and, man, he's, his elbow, uh, I mean, his armpit was at the rim pretty much, um, which is a lot uh, better of an improvement than what I remember uh, just seeing him on, on YouTube. Obviously, I'm a YouTube university grad. Uh but he looks really good, and uh, I think he's a little bit skinnier, especially in the lower body. I think he's going to need some time with Matt Jennings to really, really contribute. Uh, but he's got all the tools. I think he might be still a little uh, herky-jerky uh, in the paint. I think he still gets a little bit of the, the happy feet, um, a little bit more than maybe Fremantle does right now. I think Fremantle's just a little bit more polished. But I think he's going to end up being a really nice player, especially when you consider uh, we have one of the top big man coaches in the country in Jonas Hayes. Uh, but I just don't know if this is the year for him to really, really contribute. I think he gets a couple minutes, um, but I don't know if this is his year to really, really contribute. Um, but I think there's still a chance. I mean, 
there's nothing set in stone. I mean, you never know who could who could be that guy. I kind of see it similar, uh, not in a transfer capacity, but you remember when uh, McKinday London and Kaiser Gates were freshmen and we were kind of trying to see who was going to win that out. Or maybe McKinday was a sophomore, but I, I digress. But I feel like they're kind of battling for the same role and whoever shows up in practice is going to be the one to get it and maybe ride, ride the hot hand for a little bit. And then lastly, I'm going to put um, Deontay Miles fourth. I just don't think that he plays this year. I think he, I think he red shirts, obviously tons of potential, um, but you're kind of looking at a, a Jackson Hayes potential or a, uh, a Justin Patton. I think he just needs a little bit of time to put some strength on. I mean, to grow into his body, he's grown a lot very quick. And I think he just needs a little bit of time to get used to his body, pack on some weight, um, and just continue to develop skills and, and just polish his post game. And I think he's got a huge ceiling, obviously. Um, so really excited for him long term. I just don't think this is the year for Deontay Miles. But that's what we expect coming up, and we will see. And that's why you play the games. You just can't project, project this kind of stuff. But it's going to be really, really exciting, and I'm crazy pumped about this freshman class. Next! All right, enough is enough. It is time to talk Big East and UConn. Uh, a match made in heaven, in my opinion. Peanut butter and jelly, UConn and the Big East. I just see it as a home run, and, and I'll dive into that. I just don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, UConn is synonymous with the Big East. They're going to bring a ton of TV interest. They're going to pack MSG. They're going to draw, I feel like, a lot more credibility to the Big East. It's a Big East brand. All the history. They won a championship five years ago. I mean, I just see it as a complete slam dunk. They belong in the Big East. It renews a bunch of rivalries. I feel like it's going to get a lot of eyes on the Big East. And and it's a, a huge program with a ton of investment in basketball. And obviously, they're making that huge investment if they're willing to essentially flush their football program down the toilet. But, I mean, I think it's just a huge investment in, in basketball. And there's just too much there for it not to make sense. Uh, and, and I just think it's a no-brainer, honestly. Like, I don't think there really needs to be much more put into it. But I think it's a really, really good day for the Big East and a really good day for UConn. It, it's kind of felt like they've belonged in the league since it, since its inception. And they've kind of felt like the one that didn't find a proper home that really, really belonged in the Big East. And I did a, uh, a power rankings of what I consider to be the top current brands in the Big East, if UConn is included. Uh, and I think UConn is probably the second most powerful brand currently in the Big East after Villanova. Uh, I would have Georgetown at third and then X and Marquette uh, in the fourth tier there as far as the brand power currently, as, as today currently sits. Um, obviously, UConn and Georgetown are not punching in their current weight class, um, but I still feel like those brands carry a little bit more um, than anyone else in the league other than Villanova just because of everything that they have and Georgetown with the Jordan brand and all the alumni that, that both of them have and all the success. I mean, UConn's got two titles in the last almost decade. I think there's only eight other schools that have that. Uh, so, I mean, obviously a, a big program that Kevin Ollie just ran into the ground that I think uh, is really getting it going with with Dan Hurley. And it still remains to be seen, but they're recruiting currently uh, definitely on that level. And uh, I just think it makes way too much sense. I think it's an absolute layup. And I almost forgot before we put a bow in the Big East conversation, in the wise words of Travis Andrew Steele, no Dayton, all caps. Don't need them. Don't need anyone else. Leave it at 11. Round robin. Good to go. Moving on. Next. I don't know what we're yelling about. So this is as good a time as ever to get into our next topic, and that is the Butler County Steak Fry, my home county. Let's get after it. Uh, the biggest takeaway, I'm going to give you dessert first here. 
the biggest takeaway is that he said, Travis Steele said that Kiki Tandy reminds him of Two Holloway. Shout out R52, Retire52, best Xavier account on Twitter. Moving on. Uh, yeah, he said Blake Two Holloway, which, I mean, jumping the gun, maybe they're, uh, they're trapped, but uh, we will see. But if he's anything like Two Holloway, that is an absolute steal. Uh, he also said, which I thought was kind of interesting, he said that uh, Deontay Miles is giving Tyreek some, some fits in practice a little bit with the length, which uh, can only be a good thing because I think that Tyreek is going to be at worst a top three big man in the Big East this year. I think he should be the best big in the Big East, but at worst a top two or three. So, I mean, if he's giving him any issues whatsoever, that can only be a good sign for a kid that just turned 18, one of the youngest kids in the 2019 class. Um, some other stuff, I mean, he talked about how he's really looking forward to the impact that he thinks Jason Carter will have, which I do too. I think Jason Carter just does everything well. And uh, I would actually like to speak on him more, but um, I think Jason Carter is going to be a really nice player. I think he just does everything so well. I don't think he has a huge strength. I think his major strengths are just getting to the basket, um, just being crafty, and he just knows how to play the game and court awareness. Um, he can also hit the open shot. I think people are going to profile him, obviously, as a coach's son. Um, and he can shoot it, I think. I mean, what did he shoot at Ohio? Like a 36% clip? And if he can shoot that, at X will absolutely take that to the bank. Um, but I think it's just going to be mostly his craftiness and his ability to just do everything pretty dang well. Maybe a poor man's Justin Dolman, question mark, with a better handle. That is America's ass. So a couple other things that stuck out from the steak fry. This one, to me, is a big one. Uh, Coach Steele said the most improved player on the roster is going to be Najee Marshall this season. Uh, if he's improved, he's going to be freaking tough. Second team All-Big East last year. A lot of the dudes that made first team are out of the way. Um, I think he's a preseason player of the year candidate in the Big East, and I don't think that's you know going out on a limb or anything. Um, I would probably put him third-ish. He's definitely not above Miles Powell. I think he's number one, and I don't think he's above uh, Marcus Howard either, who I'd probably have number two. But he's right in the discussion there in the third, you know, and I think he, sh- he should be a, a first-team All-Big East. And if he's sub- significantly improved, then he's going to be really freaking tough. And then I- I'm-, I'm a big uh, Don Terrace James guy. I think uh, he's going to take the mantle um, from Elias Harden as the uh, – Maybe the underdog that that we love. I man, I love me some Eli Harden, and it it hurts. It hurts to talk about Eli. Um, shout out Easy Money, but uh, but Don Terry's apparently he's working his ass off, and I think it shows a lot that he wanted to stick around and buy into the system. I love me some Don, man. I think he has all the tools. I mean, he is huge. That kid's big. He's athletic. He's known for his shot. I think he's. I've even heard the little scout guy say that he's the best uh, shooter in the front court on the Xavier roster, and that's including Jason Carter. Um, so, I mean, all the tools are there. It was apparently between the ears last year and nothing like in a bad way. He just had a hard time picking up the system. I think I've heard that his high school uh, was, was not super, you know, organized or a college-style offense. Um, but I think he's got all the tools. I, I really do, and I'm excited for him. And hopefully he keeps working his butt off and um, we can see some shades of Jimmy Farr maybe in a year or two. Um, but that's most of what happened at the, at the County Steak Fry. That and, uh, and no Dayton. You got to always get a, a quick little hating on Dayton. Um, plug which is always good and we know coach Steele's always good for one of those um next another thing discussed at the the butler county steak fry was an emphasis this year on three-point defense i'm not going to talk about it forever you can act like i know the hell what i'm talking about but i know that's been an area we've struggled i think even going back to the chris mack years i think we've really struggled with three-point defense and closing out last year especially uh it sounds like coach Steele was saying that since we didn't have a surplus of shooters last year, um, 
the habits from practice carried over to games. You know, Paul Scruggs is closing out on Najee Marshall. He's not going to close out for a three. He's going to close out for a drive. Um, so instead of getting all up in his face, he's stopping at three feet out. Those kind of habits carry over to games. And when you're guarding Shamori Ponds, you can't, you know, you got to be in Shamori Ponds' face or he's going to make you pay. Um, so I know they're, they're making a much um, higher emphasis on three-point defense next year. So something to keep an eye out for. I got a fever. All right, my last word. I'm going to talk about some butthurt bear kittens Twitter, something we all love uh, to talk about and make fun of um, as far back as time. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. So I post that old graphic you know, just to you know, throw a little stick out there, see what sticks, and uh, you know, maybe stick in their craw a little bit. Put out an old graphic about uh, UC had not won back-to-back shootout since 95, 96, and uh, so I did the math in my head. I'm like, okay, 95, 96. That means there hasn't been one four-year player at a UC that's won back-to-back or that has a winning record in the shootout that's under the age of 41, you know, going back to college ages and all that. Not one four-year player under the age of 41 has a winning record against, uh, against X that was a Bearcat. And uh, so, of course, you know, UC doesn't take the L that they are freaking getting mollywopped in the shootout. Um, haven't won back-to-back games. Haven't won it. At, he had that one on the road since 2001 in the shootout, almost 20 years. Um, but they don't take that L. Of course, what they do is they go, no, Nizir Brooks was two and one in mouth breathers. And, uh, you know, drag, bragging about dudes that transferred out of their freaking program that ha- have a winning record against X, by the by, both games at home. Uh, and Jaron Cumberland's two and one. All right, he's going to come to Stintos and get his ass kicked this year. Big whoop. So just really, really funny, as always, to see the, um, the UC spin zone not owning the fact that we have two back-to-backs and two three-peats in the past, t- whatever, however long that stretches, 23 years, and they haven't won back-to-back since 95, 96 when I was three years old. Yeah, big dub there, kittens, big dub. See you around. I'm not Puff the Magic Dragon. So I'm going to introduce my guest on today's Roll Bob podcast, and I had to pull some strings. I pulled a big fish for you. My little brother, Drew. Uh, my little brother is uh, a diehard as well, lifelong, just like myself. Uh, I can't tell you how many remotes, uh, chairs, uh, anything throwable that we've broken um, during Xavier losses. Uh, definitely did not handle losses well uh, a decade ago. <laughs> um, but no, Drew, Drew's a great uh, Xavier fan, and uh, it's just he's a, he's a fun conversation too. He's twice the conversationalist I am and a quick little nug uh he uh he's working uh, at Domino's to get some extra money he's going to school right now and uh he was on his he was on his shift this entire call like cleaning up I think they were closing down the store or something um and it was like two in the morning so double props to this kid and he is uh he actually wasn't on his a game this is his b game he's I'm telling you twice the conversationalist I am he's quick as a wit uh but this is my conversation with little bro, two menches cutting it up. Half of the interview is actual Xavier Hoops talk, and half of it is just shooting the shit like brothers. So take with that what you will. The audio is a little rough in stretches. This was my first time ever, obviously, doing something like this and uh, using like an app to record the call. And it's a little rough in spaces, but it should be good. But I uh, hope you enjoy. I can all write it, and we'll do it live. Well, roll blob. Podcast listeners, we have a huge treat for you tonight, and I've hooked the big fish. Uh, my little brother, Drew. Drew, how you doing? Oh, my goodness. Well, Welcome, to the the Roll. Roll. Welcome to the Roll Blob Podcast. I'm really happy to hear that. 
First time, long time, time to be here. I appreciate it, Drew. Drew, UConn Big East, what do you think? Oh, my gosh. UConn Big East, what uh, the hell? I think uh, I think it's an upgrade. I mean, you think about it, we've got teams like all the same talent in the conference. It's not like they can be much worse. And, you know, it's not better than they have. Are you neutral, pro, or against? I am for it. For. Heavy pro? As long as, you know, like in a survey where it says, like, agree, strongly agree, neutral, are you agree or strongly agree? I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. Okay. All right. What are the positives? I think uh, – I think you add a team with some championship pedigree to it. I think you add another team, another strong, solid team that I think is on the rise as well. Um, I think that uh, opponents for it is just, you know, a team with this pedigree. And the one thing that I'm concerned with is as long as it doesn't affect with the round robin schedule that we have. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and, and it will wipe out, uh, you know, a couple non conference games or two. Uh, yeah, no question. I think Mario's going to have to swerve a little bit because obviously that's two games a year that you're counting wins for, you know. And I think so, they might be trapped into a couple contracts with like Wake Forest and all that, which I'm sure they'll want to make a buy game, things like that. But I think it's a, whole, a home run for the league. For sure. Without question. I think it's probably bigger for you. Bigger for UConn or bigger for the Big East? Uh, bigger for UConn for sure. Yeah. Out of that, uh, that's yeah, that's huge for that. I think, I think what they should do every year – uh, last place team goes to the American. <laughs> last place team goes to the American every year? Yep. Dude, I'm down. I'm so down. Now, uh, we, do they get replaced or do you, are we running with 10 teams every year? We replace it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, last place comes in. Yep. Goes out. And then the next year, whoever's last that year goes in. So, so every yep. other year, it's Paul's playing in the American. Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. For so, sure. So, the Paul's riding the big East American fence. What you say? And then the ball goes to the American and wins that conference because, you know, yeah. garbage. And then they Dude. come back and get last in the biggie. I'm, I'm saying, I don't want to go on a tangent here. I think the Paul would have been a top five American team last year. Yep. They were a top 110 Palm team damn near the whole year. I can't disagree with that. At least a top half American team. At worst. For sure. The, Amer- the Americans pull up mouth-breathing scum. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> and they must do a mouth-breathing outfit, for sure. Jam. All right, Drewby, I'm going to need you to inter- introduce yourself to the people. Clearly, I know you. The people know you. The people's champ. Uh, Big D, give me your favorite Xavier memory oh, and gosh. your least favorite Xavier memory. Oh, gosh. The uh, question put me on the spot. I think the, I think the least favorite is going to rhyme with uh, with either Schmucknell or yeah. uh, Ohio State. That one definitely uh, hits. It's home for sure. I, well, let's uh, create a picture for me. Is it is it one of those two? Do you think least favorite? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I would say, so yeah, the Ohio State one hurts for sure because we were definitely here at the game. Uh, you know, we hate Ohio State, bad model, all that. Justin Dolphin's last game, the, the, the cast last run. Just in case that the game doesn't like. Uh, Ouch, town population, us, bro. And you know, I'm not one to blame refs, but you know. Unfortunate call for sure at the end there. Uh, Greg Oden is the worst. But uh, I don't. I I have a lot of recency bias for it. So Wisconsin wasn't awful. Uh, yeah, that was that was tough. I, I vividly remember um, the second the Edmund Sumner charge happened. I was like, gosh. Yeah. Yep. Right baseline, uh, baby. Yep. What hurts? What hurts is like 
that was your best team as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they lost Iowa State as an eight seed. So it's like, yeah. you know, how much were there to make? Oh, yeah, no question. I just think that it was it was Ohio State. It was Sad Mata. You know, we had that team buried. You know what I mean? I thought it And two, we were there in public. We were there in person all the way in the literal the very last row of rough. And, uh, and we were kids, too, so that they hurt a little harder when you're young. Foremost. I'm rocking my JD15 jersey and going home in tears. Yeah, that was a... Did you vomit after that? Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I, would bet, I would bet for it. Uh, I don't and, have a lot of good memories associated with St. Louis, that's for sure. Oh, there's so, literally zero good memories of St. Louis. Other than St. Louis bread, but uh, we don't, we don't oh, even good. get into that. That's Good. the only thing St. Louis ever did correct was bread. Oh, except they uh, cut their bagels. Have you seen that? What's that? Have you seen how they cut their bagels? With a slice? Yeah, the worst. Yeah, I don't suck. No. They're no, literally the last team I would add to the Big East. Behind St. Bonaventure. St. Louis? Behind St. Bonaventure. They're your least favorite? The worst. Ah, uh, Bring up the rear. All right, let, all right, little boy blue. Let's get uh, a little bit more on the on the lighter side of things. What's your ah. favorite Xavier memory, or just I'll one of them? Because I know I'm going into the game. Uh, let's see. Well, it's on the spot, like you know. And so, one thing I the the memory once again, this is my I'm thinking of. It's just Malcolm Bernard running for his life. Oh, the body play. Um, you know that was crazy. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's that's an impossible highlight to watch without smiling, uh, yeah. for sure. I I remember being a very are you, kid. Are you a – I don't mean to interrupt you, Jeremy. Are you a Titanic music guy, or do you like it plain? Are you a plain oh. bagel guy or with Titanic? You know, well, here's the thing. Uh, top bagel, Titanic. Bottom bagel, right. no Titanic. Right. So, you know, I can go, I can go either way. I mean, they're both good. It's like pizza, baby, but what, what are you rolling with? For sure. Uh you know, I'm more of a no Titanic Three, two, one, go. I'm more of a no Titanic guy. I like the call from the guy fair enough, fair enough. Uh, who called the game, and you know, it's great. I'm gonna give you a deep cut. Better with the Byron and Joe audio. Gonna, just oh my gosh! That. I don't want to be that guy coming out to say. Not saying, just saying. Just about everything's better than Byron and Joe. <laughs> Always better. I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you. Where are you going, kid? Let's see. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a great highlight for sure. Uh, you know, in retrospect. You know, that's just that's beating Sean Miller. Beating Dude, the team. That was the moment that I was essentially I was officially cool with Sean again. Right. After that, we're like, all right, right Sean. I know. Dude, I'm dope with Sean. Did you hear him trash McCronin last year? Of course. Oh, dude, oh. me and Sean are tight again, baby. The enemy is no our friend, so. I got no love with Sean. Yeah, for sure. Also, we can't, you know, get out of 316. Well, we're not going to do it right now, but later we will power rank our least favorite ex-Xavier coaches, but not right now. But I just, I'm, I'm going to put that in the bank. We're going to, hey, we're going to stash that one for – you know, we're going to rank which ones we, we dislike the most. That's Zach right. Zach Mata, you know, Sean Miller, you know, but for later, not for right now. For later. I heard you, I heard you pronounce Xavier. Uh, Dude, I know. Oh, take my pot away. You got to say, you gotta say former Xavier coaches, not ex-Xavier coaches. Former ex-Xavier fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta take my life away. Take my day. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other favorite memories. You know, you're going in a little, going a certain direction. You were rolling, kid, and I stomped on you like seven times. You know, you know, sometimes the, the blocking doesn't work, but 
Um, you know, I remember being like five, six years old from the day of the last tip in. Um, George Washington? Yeah, George Washington. I remember being like, oh, they got it on time. It was I don't know if you got it. I don't think it was David West. I think that was Brandon Cole's tip. But anyway, go ahead, Flex. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, other great memories. Uh, was that your first Xavier memory? I talked about mine with Tori Bragg uh, graduating. Is your first memory you remember the David West tip? You know, I don't know. It could be for sure. Uh, there's a lot of memories, and that's one I associate for sure. I can tell you, people uh, just about everything. Uh, oh, hey, Frank. Um, yeah, my James Posey is your David West, if we're talking timelines. For sure. Um, yep. You know, I love me from Stanley Burrell. Um, oh, big time I was, four. I was at the game where um, we clinched the Big East. And, uh, you know, it's a not funny thing. Because, yeah, not to brag, but right, people who were there, I think, I think can relate. It didn't feel uh, incredible when you were there. Like It didn't? Uh, or did it? it did not. It, really, it didn't feel uh, that No. And so it was just kind of weird. Okay. Do you think it was because it was kind of an expectation because that team was so good, or, or what do you think? Uh, the celebration was a little weird. Here, one second. Yeah, um, it just didn't I'm feel, good. it didn't feel, uh, like, celebratory, like, stuff in that. And I don't know, I remember being there, and, like, the study went down, and, yeah, it wasn't a crazy environment. I remember, like, watching the videos and being a lot more sad to watch the videos and actually being there. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was really sad or not, but that's kind of what it felt like in the moment. I mean, in okay. that's awesome. But it's also a bittersweet memory because just the season didn't end the way you wanted yeah, I know. But I think winning the Big East is a huge achievement by itself. For sure. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to be the best team in 16 games. Like, over 16 games, sample size, the best team in this. It's, 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 it's hard to win in six straight games, but obviously that's not what's important. Yeah. Uh, I maybe maybe two. We, we haven't even won the conference out right yet. That just gave us a chance to tie. No. So maybe that happened. It clinched the tie, for sure, and and either that could have been, it could have been point. Also, it wasn't a full crowd. At that point, some people had filed out. And they kind of, they kind of, Bushless. I remember, they kind of ran away, well, they kind of ran away with the game a little bit. And they never made an announcement like, hey, stick around. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so they didn't okay. know. Uh, you kind of knew Chris Mack was going to leave, so him on the line or cutting on the net was so weird. You knew he was going to leave at that point in time? I don't think it was out there like that at that point in time. Uh, I thought he was still in Toulouse all year. There was a in my mind for sure. I didn't think it's. That was also stress. That was also that was also a tough, also a tough night. That was the, the senior night. Uh, yep. You know, arguably the greatest senior class in history. Uh, yep. And so that you know that was that was a great moment. That was tough for sure. Um, team, 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 Trey. Big Sean. You know, Big Sean is on the all-time underrated team. Oh, first sure. team all-underrated list. Big Sean. As, uh, oh. as our old Falcons would say, his Stanford's brother was on that team. And so, Whose brother? He's Stanford's brother. Oh, he's Edith Stanford's brother. Good call. That's what an uh, iconic photographic memory meant with the call. Yeah. Oh, I was at the game when when Trayvon hit the A one three against Georgetown. Oh my God! Now, 
that was a weird thing because you know how we kind of watch kids, like we watch kids like it's a fish. Uh, yeah. And so it's hard for me to get excited because I look at the clock and I try to let the one first. We just have four. That's insane. Yeah. The game was over. I, I remember that. I remember thinking the game was over. Right. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, man, there's 11 seconds left. George Johnson. I know. So yeah. he's like, it takes 10 to 50 to go in touch. Actually, yeah. 10 to 48, where, you know, you know, take that or just like, I, you know, it's think it's going to tend that way. Yeah. It's going to tend that way. Or we're going to lose a buzzer meter because it's right. a great, great shot. Oh, oh, there's the Trey ball hitting all buzzer beater with the bump going off. Oh, uh, right I know he did it, uh, but it felt like Trey hit a dozen buzzer beaters that year. Oh my gosh, he was every incredible. single uh, time he needed a, a late a late game bucket, he was clutch. You could you could make the argument that you would rather have him over Chihuahua in a late situation, but stop. Uh, we'll say that you know, another day. We don't have enough time for that. I know you're busy. I know you're a busy man. Is there anything else on Drew Meyer's mind, next topic wise, before I give you the, the last the last question of the day? You know, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of Don Trayvon Bullock. God, that guy's incredible. Oh. Uh, you know, been through shootouts in my case. Uh, I, I will never forget. The, I think Trayvon Blewett's legendary, you know, aura, everything you'll remember about him, is that run he went on the last 10 games or so of his junior year. Yeah. He just put yeah. that team on his back after we had lost six straight games. And just, he was, honestly, I've heard Snow say this, but he was the best scorer in college basketball the last third of that season, including the NCAA tournament. He was an absolute man on the mission with a bum ankle. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing. You know, we can talk about favorite favorite memories uh, all day. Uh, yes. And so, you know, shuttle up, proper got to hurry, even though it was kind of lost. Ooh. That was incredible. Oh, that's uh, all the way That scoop shot against Minnesota is timeless. Oh, great highlight. Uh, and Crawford offered a top 10 t shirt under the jersey guy. Oh, my gosh. Loose t shirt. Oh, Baggy Zabe, what up? Shout out, Baggy Zabe. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You know, love me for Drew Lavender, obviously. Uh, oh. Not love Drew Lavender. No one wears shorts like Lavender, baby. Oh, my God. I mean, they don't make shorts, shorts tall enough for, for that guy. Oh, dude, big Capri guy. All right. Yeah, funny. Last question of the day. Gun to your head. This is going to say a lot about you. Okay. A few years ago, team, Trayvon Blewett, Jacob McCure, senior year, with Kyrie and Cantor and that whole squad. The 17-18 team. You taking that team or you taking 7 8 Stanley Burrell, Drew Lavender, Josh Duncan. Who you taking? All right, so so I've got a gun to my head, so I need to give a give an answer. But can I think it? Think out loud. You've got you've got a gun to your head, but a longer timeline. Like normally, it's a three second gun to your head. You got about a fifteen second gun to your head. Yeah. So you think about Lionel Chalmers, uh, point guard on that team. You know, it's it's tough. I think. No, 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 not Lionel Chalmers. This is this is true. Oh seven oh eight. Oh seven oh eight. Here's the 07-08. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, like Josh Duncan, Drew Lavender, uh, Derek Brown, and sophomore. Is he the defensive version of Stanley Burrell, not the scoring version of Stanley Burrell? I think that Stanley Burrell could low-key shut down Trayvon Lewis. Not shut down. Oh! I think he would have had a nightmare with Derek Brown on him. I don't think that Derek Brown would have been a fun matchup for Trayvon Lewis. You've got Derek Brown guarding Trayvon Lewis? 
Absolutely. Remember the wings? I don't want to say it. But Trayvon Blewett had a tough time against athletic wings. I think we can all agree on that. Okay. Okay. Athletic, athletic long wings gave Trayvon a tough time. And you're right. Stanley Burrow was an awesome lockdown defender. But for my money, I'm putting Derek Brown on Trayvon Blewett. You know, that's not a bad idea. Are you putting Stan on Jake McSherry? 100%. Yes, Stan is giving J.P. McSherry the business. Dude, I think your problem is, I think your problem just with, you know, the older team that you have is just the depth isn't there. Exactly. You have six, you have six dudes on that team. You have I think six. the best player in that game is Trayvon Blewett. So give me the team with the best player. That is a very good point. I'm going to go old school, and I'm riding with 07-08. Shout out C.J. Lee. Oh. Tough guys. They don't make tough guys at C.J. Lee's anymore. They just don't do it. They just don't do it. And, and Sam Burrell and Josh. Josh Senior Josh Duncan was another player. I don't really hear about Senior Kenny Freeze. You don't talk about Senior Josh Duncan enough. No, we don't. I mean, senior, talk about senior Kenny. Senior Kenny three. Give me a break. Give me senior Josh Duncan fourteen times out of ten. I got a freshman Josh Duncan and senior Kenny three. The body, dude. Josh Duncan at Dev Rose was nothing to scoff at either. Oh my gosh, with the Afro. Oh, dude. Oh man, like Froby Bryant, dude. Oh, bro, Josh Duncan. He was oh, he was with the Afro. Do not scoff. No scoff zone. Well, Brody, I appreciate the impromptu call at almost 2 a.m. your time after a shift. Uh, I, said, I said, Bill, man, I said, all right, and we'll do it live. I, I could have given you a call. I mean, we've talked three times today, but I could have given you a buzz and say, hey, heads up, we're doing a thing. But I said, you know what, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Well, doing it live. Doing it live. I appreciate it, brother. Get up. And thanks for being in LA. Thanks for being official. This is the weirdest thing ever, having a weird podcasting with my little brother. But you're the freaking man. All right. All right, Cole. You have a good one, all right? All right, Cole. You can All right, go. All right. Hey, buddy. Come on, Bye now. Sports. So I think real quick it would be a good idea just to tell you what you should expect out of this podcast. Probably just this one episode of one. But if I ever record another podcast, this is what you should expect. So I would say my top influences as a podcast are Dana and Victory, Obviously, shout out little scout guy. Dan Lebetard, that podcast is absolutely hysterical. In line with that, Stupidity. If you don't know Stu Gotts, you got to know Stu Gotts. And I like OSP a lot, One Shining Podcast. Uh, I'm just going to keep it light. I'm a, you know, I like to play the douche card and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Hopefully, you know, actually talk a lot of good Xavier content, but I just like to keep it light, keep it jokey. Obviously, it'll be a little obnoxious at times, but just doing it for the jokes and for the laughs and keeping it light. Uh, so that's pretty much it. It's going to be a... Uh, a marching band to nowhere, as Dan Levitard says, and it's just going to be goofy and funny, and we'll talk, uh, we'll talk shop, and you know, get into Xavier hoops all the time because uh, Xavier basketball addiction is absolutely a disease, and I have it bad. All right, well, that is pretty much it. Just wanted to let you know what to expect before you, you know, listen to an hour and change of whatever the hell I'm getting into. Late. Stupidity. So that might be a podcast. I think we have finally done it. I think I've covered all the topics I wanted to cover. Um, covered Big East. We got Big Diesel on here. And, uh, yeah, we did the dirty. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm actually pretty proud of how it came out. And uh, maybe I'll do another one sometime if uh, if it ever – I don't know. There's, I probably won't do – I probably won't do another one, to be honest. Um, but I hope you got something out of it. Uh, really, the reason I made this is just because, man – I have a horrible addiction to Xavier basketball 
And uh, I know there's a special group of you guys too that have the same. Uh, shout out, old boy. I love doing shout outs because they're douchey and stupid. Um, shout out, Reds, G6 Gabriel on Twitter. Uh, you got to feed the addiction, man. And I remember, like, as a kid or growing up in my teens and late 20s, just or not late 20s, God, I'm getting fucking tired in my teens and shit, just wanting more Xavier content. Like, needing it. You know what I mean? Like, I got a fever. You know, prescription's more Xavier content, and I'm your guy. I'm the white knight of this here Xavier content game, okay? Bringing it for you guys. All right, your boy's out. Have a good freaking life of yours. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm freaking tired. It's literally, all right, it's not that late, but it's 2.30, your guys' time, a.m. But uh, be good. I'm going to be Hayes Gray underway for 40 days-ish starting Monday morning, so you guys will not see or hear from me for some time other than a couple ghost favorites. But I hope you enjoyed this freaking inaugural, not the right word, version of the Roll Blob podcast. I was happy to do it. Love talking Xavier Hoops 24-7, 365. It never stops. Zip them up. All that fun stuff. It's JP's world and we're just living in it. Peace. And that's our motto. Zip them up.